Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kits. And I'm Mitzi, oven mitt, right-hand gal, and co-host on the show. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. And we have an episode today that sure sounds like fun. It's day three of Tortilla Chip Week. First up, we have some ear-tingling science in our Pressing Questions segment. Followed by something relaxing in our wild card. Plus, Oliver's here today because it's Bring Your Cat to Work Day. Say hi, Oliver. Hi. Is it really? It is because I brought my cat to work, Molly. Any day can be Bring Your Cat to Work Day when you bring your cat to work. Oliver, want to send us to the theme song? Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Ooh. Did you just call me a school bus? Mystery recipe. So how have you been, Oliver? (coughs) Listeners, Oliver says he's been good. That's good to hear. Welcome to season four of Mystery Recipe. Can you believe it? Yeah, I hardly can myself. Oh, of course, buddy. Uh, We have some special cat treats for whenever Oliver comes to visit. Uh, Let me go find them, Oliver. I think they're in the pantry somewhere. I hid them in the back so no one would use them for a recipe or anything. I'll be back, friends. Bye! All right, while Mitzi looks for your special office treats, do you want to help me start off our first segment? That's right. It's time for Pressing Questions. Pressing Questions, listeners, is a segment where we answer a question from a young chef using science. Every week we go through our emails and voicemails and find a question that we can conduct a science experiment to answer. And then I will call up a kid recipe tester to try it out. Exactly, Oliver. We are going to talk to a kid recipe tester in their home and go step-by-step through each part of the experiment in our episode. And when we're done and our episode is over, we encourage all of you to recreate the science for yourselves in your own recipe labs. And don't forget to tell us how it went. You can send us an email at mysteryrecipe at americastestkitchen.com. I'll go through everything you send us. We're excited to hear from you. All right, should we get started with today's question? Let's hear it. I've heard of foods being called crispy and crunchy. What's the difference between the two? Great question. That was Oliver and Elliot from Boston. Let's do an activity in order to find the answer. Sound good, Oliver? If you want to try this experiment along with us at home, here's what you'll need. Classic potato chips, tortilla chips, Pencil or pen, two small paper or plastic cups, about three ounces each, both the same size, digital kitchen scale, pen with rounded cap or pencil with rounded eraser. I called up Oliver and Elliot to help us find the answer. Hi, friends. How are you doing today? 
Um, I'm doing good. Thank you. I'm doing good. Amazing. Well, we are so excited to do this experiment with you today. Today, we're going to be learning all about what it means for food to be crispy versus crunchy. And so we're going to do some testing with different types of chips. Are you guys ready to get started? Yes. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. All right. Well, scientists have been exploring what makes food crispy versus crunchy for a very long time now. And so we're going to do some of the same kinds of testings that they do in order to tell the difference between the two. In part one, we're going to gather information using our senses. And so we're going to listen to things. We're going to taste things. And we're going to learn things based on what we see. And then in part two, we're going to measure how much force it takes to break each type of chip. But before we go any further, we should know a little bit more about the difference between what is crispy versus what is crunchy. I think of crispy as being more of the texture of the food. Um, whatever you're eating and crunchy is more of like a loud sound. It's sort of related to crispy, but um, very different at the same time. So scientists all agree that crispy foods and crunchy foods have different sounds when we eat them. In the 1970s and 80s, researchers at the University of Minnesota discovered that people describe foods that make higher-pitched sounds when they chew them as crispy, and foods that make lower-pitched sounds when they chew them as crunchy. So can you guys think of an example of something that has a high-pitched sound? Uh, a teapot? You know, when it's um, boiling? Perfect example. Yeah, when your tea is ready, that teapot whistles, and that whistle is totally a high-pitched sound. How about low-pitched sounds, Elliot? Can you think of any low-pitched sounds? The bass. Yeah, absolutely. A bass guitar. You can also think about low-pitched sounds, maybe like a lion's roar, something that's really deep and powerful. Okay, so now that we know the scientific distinction between crispy and crunchy, crispy is more of a high-pitched sound and crunchy is more of a low-pitched sound, let's make some predictions. So do you think that a potato chip is going to be crispy or crunchy? Crispy. Potato chips um, look thin. I would say a higher-pitched. So, okay, how about a tortilla chip? Do you think a tortilla chip is going to be crispy or crunchy? I think it's going to be uh, crunchy because it's uh, thicker than the regular potato chips. Great. So you are team crunchy tortilla chips because they're thicker than the potato chips are. Let's do the taste test first. Let's start with the classic potato chip. So Oliver, how about you take a bite, listen to the noise it makes, and tell us if you think it's crispy or crunchy. Yeah. I think that's very crispy. It's crispy because when you bite in it, it's like makes a high-pitched sound at the beginning. Okay, great. So we have tried the potato chips. Let's switch over now to the tortilla chips. What differences do you see between the tortilla chip and the potato chip? I see that the potato chips are thin, but this one's really thick. Cool. So not only are the tortilla chips bigger and wider, but they're also thicker. Yes. We're going to do the same thing with the tortilla chips. So, Elliot, this time we'll start with you. Go ahead and take a bite of the tortilla chip. And what do you think it is? Crispy or crunchy? I think it's crunchy because it makes a pretty low sound. 
Yeah, I would say a uh, little crunchy. So it's a low sound. It's not a lion's roar low sound, but it's on the lower side. So just to recap a little bit here, it sounds to me like you think the potato chip was crispy and the tortilla chip was crunchy. Is that correct? Yes. All right, so let's move to part two of this experiment. In this part, we are going to use a scale to measure how much force it takes to break each type of chip. And so the amount of force is going to tell us how hard we would have to push down with our teeth in order to bite through the food when we're eating with our mouth. It's hard to measure things when we're chewing with our mouth. And so we're going to use our hands and a kitchen scale today in order to measure. If you're doing this at home, we recommend having an adult or a friend to help you. It's a lot easier with two people than it is to do by yourself. One person is going to push down on the chip until it breaks, and the other person is going to read the scale and keep track of the number. Whatever number is on the scale when the chip breaks is what's called the maximum force reading. That's the amount of force it takes to bite or break this chip. Let's get set up here. We are going to put two paper cups upside down on the scale near each other, but with a little space in between, almost like they're going to be a bridge for the chip. Let's start with the classic potato chip. So let's take one chip, the biggest one you can find. All right. Okay, so that probably has some weight to it. And so right now we can zero the kitchen scale. You can press either that tear or zero button on your home scale. Okay, so we have the scale on ounces. We have it zeroed so that there's no weight recorded on it. We're going to use the rounded back of a pen for this next part. One person is going to be the presser and push very slowly with a little bit of pressure over time until the chip breaks. And the other person is going to be our lookout and watch the number on the scale when the chip breaks. One trick that you can do at home to help with this is to record a video of the scale's numbers. That way, if you're not sure exactly what the maximum force reading was, you could look back at the video and see what the number was right before the chip broke. So we're going to start with the classic potato chip. And let's give this a try. All right. How'd it go? 4.40. All right. All right, so that was a classic potato chip and the maximum force reading. The highest that number got was 4.40 ounces. Great. And so the next one, we're going to try any guesses? Tortilla chip. Tortilla chip is right. Let's give this one a go. All right, let's check. How do we do? One pound, 13 0.55. Great. So what do you think? Does that line up with what you guys were expecting to happen? Definitely thought that the tortilla chip would beat the potato chips. Do you want to hear a little bit about the science behind the experiment? Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, then. Let's talk a little bit about what that maximum force reading tells us about whether each chip is crispy or crunchy. Sorry to interrupt here. Hope the science is going great. I know, Oliver. I'm sorry, but I just can't find your snack treats anywhere. I think maybe they're on this top shelf here. Uh, let me just, uh, excuse me, uh, pardon me, uh, just gonna climb up here right quick and, uh, whoa, whoa! Uh. Mitzi, are you all right? Uh, I think I'm okay, Molly. 
I hit my head really hard, though. I mean, I'm probably okay. I don't have any bones, so I don't think I broke any bones. But if I had bones, I might have broken the bones, but I don't have any bones. Oh, wait. What was that, Oliver? You want to go scuba diving? Mitzi, Oliver was asking if you found the treats. He was? Oh, no. Wait, Oliver, say something else. Did you just call me a school bus? No, Mitzi. Oliver was asking if you were feeling okay after your fall. Oh, no. Oliver, I think I somehow bumped my head, and now I can't understand you anymore. Tricycle? Peanut butter? Oh, no. This is terrible. We've always been able to understand each other. What am I going to do now? I bet that was a great suggestion, Oliver. But to me, it just sounded like you said chicken pot pie, which is a fine suggestion as well, but not relevant to the discussion. It's okay, Mitzi. It's going to be all right. Listen, let's clean up the stuff you knocked over here, and then we'll try and get to the bottom of this, okay? Uh, sure. It's going to be okay, Oliver. (coughs) Yeah, it's going to be okay! We'll get to the bottom of Mitzi's new language barrier and find out the science behind what's crispy and what's crunchy right after this quick word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups, I want to tell you about our sponsor, the Kroger family of stores. We simply cannot have enough snacks in my house. That's why Kroger's ship service is so great. If you don't live right next to a Kroger store, you can still have all your favorite Kroger's treats shipped right to you. It's fast and easy. Browse snacks and other stuff online, and your order will arrive in as little as one to three days. Learn more at Kroger.com and get the yummiest snacks shipped directly to your doorstep. Chad. Molly. I am so excited to talk to you today about the new picture book, Mitzi the Oven Mitt Goes to School, a story about being brave, which you wrote. Yes, I did. When I read this picture book, I was just laughing the entire time. Can you tell us a little bit about what makes this book not only amazing for kids, but also for parents like me? Yeah, I think you were really good at reminding Gabby and I, Gabby's the illustrator on the book, that parents are going to be reading this over and over again to their kids. And so Gabby especially had some really, really funny visual puns in order to sneak some jokes in there for the grown-ups as well. Let me tell you, this is a book that I am happy to read to my kids, Olive and Toby, multiple times a night. That's the highest compliment. That is Mitzi the Oven Mitt Goes to School, a story about being brave, written by you with illustrations by the very talented Gabby Hominoff. And where can people find it? Wherever books are sold. And we're back. And we've finally got this mess cleaned up here. Thanks for the help, Molly. You too, Oliver. Plus, I found this super cool old meditation tape while we were cleaning up. Huh. I wonder where that came from. Yeah, Molly, this is terrible. I hit my head and now it sounds like Oliver just called me a saucy corn muffin. Well, he didn't, Mitzi. He said your friendship would be fine, whether you can understand him or not. And that friends help friends get through hard times. And he's right. I feel like maybe you just need to give it a little time. Here's an ice pack for your head. 
Do you want to see if maybe it'll work itself out by the time we finish talking about this food science? Mm-hmm. That sounds like maybe a good idea. All right. So in this experiment, we noticed that the potato chips were crispy and the tortilla chips were crunchy. And we learned that crispy things sound more high-pitched when you chew them, while crunchy foods sound low-pitched. Bless you. No, Mitzi. So then, what did your maximum force reading have to do with all this? Well, Oliver and Elliot found that the crispy potato chip had a much lower maximum force reading than the crunchy tortilla chip. This is similar to our findings at the ATK Kids Lab. We found that crispy foods were easier to break than crunchy foods. Ah, I see. So crispy foods tend to be hard but delicate. They break or shatter easily. And crunchy foods tend to be thicker and make a crushing noise when you chew them. Exactly. It's all about how easy or hard it is to break the food. Those were some pretty intense experiments, Molly. They were, and honestly, they were very similar to the type of experiments scientists do to discover how we talk about food. That first experiment, listening to the sound a chip makes as we chew it, is called a sensory analysis. That's an experiment when a group of people use their senses, such as hearing, to observe and describe different foods. Right. The second part of the experiment was called a texture analysis. That's what happens when a machine measures different properties of a food. We did a texture analysis when we learned how much force it took to break each chip. Lots of labs have special machines that can measure properties of foods, like how crispy a potato chip is or how tender a muffin is. But we used the old-fashioned way today. So we used both our findings combined to make an analysis about potato chips versus tortilla chips. And combined, we found that the potato chips are crispy and break easier, while the tortilla chips are crunchy and harder to break. Thank you, Oliver. I guess I am having a good hair day. I... Oh, wait. I don't have any hair. That's probably not what you meant. Well, at least we got down to the bottom of this crispy science. Oliver and Elliot, nice work today. Thanks so much for all your help. Thank you. Thank you. I loved eating the chips. Listeners, if you want to try this experiment at home, remember to tell us how it went. Grown-ups, you can reach us at mysteryrecipe at americastestkitchen.com. Molly, I'm not sure what to do here. Well, Mitzi, I have to tell you something. Most people also cannot talk to their cats. Wait, really? Yeah, for real. Most people just hear meows when their cats meow. Where? Oh, right. Molly, how sad for everybody who can't understand their cats. Not really. Cats still make awesome pets and friends, even when you can't understand exactly what they're saying. Hmm. I suppose. And who knows, maybe this meow thing will sort itself out once your head has had some time to rest. I am just feeling very, very stressed from all this misinterpretation. Well, I was going to say we should cut to our wild card, but maybe we should try and listen to that meditation tape you found instead? I mean, it couldn't hurt. Let's just put this in the cassette player we have here. And pressing play. Listen to the sound of my voice. The tone, the rhythm, how cheesy it is. Let it wash over you like a blanket of smooth queso over crunchy tortilla chips. Crunch, crunch. 
Let your body relax and your eyes close as you breathe deeply in and out. Picture a recent problem you had. Did someone speak unkindly to you? Breathe in and out. It is Nacho Problem. Crunch, crunch. In case oh, someone was rude to you for no reason, remember this saying. It is Nacho Fault. They are Nacho Friend. Any way you slice it, you are great, Tid Cheese. You are still. There is nothing to taco about now. Let these words fall over you gently, like layers of toppings over salty tortilla chips. The shushing of grated cheese. Swiftly sliced slivers of jalapenos, scaling the peaks and valleys of the smattering of chips. The soft patter of beans. What's that sound like? Breathe in. Breathe out. Acknowledge the passing of time. Embrace it. Let it heat your soul with the strength of a thousand pickled jalapenos. You've placed your nachos in the warm embrace of the oven, and there is nothing for you to do but wait. Breathe in. Breathe out. Crunch, crunch. Acknowledge the smell wafting into your nose, but do not open the oven yet. The nachos are not done. Relax into the arms of time. Tick, tock, tick, tock. Avocado, don't allow yourself to be overwhelmed. That one was a stretch. You are merely a vessel, a baking dish filled with emotions and textural wonder. And she's... Acknowledge your emotions and recognize that they will come and go, just as the crunchy, smooth, gooey concoction that has filled your dish will also come and go. There is nothing you need to do right now. There is no one jalapeno business. Just focus on the beating of your heart. Nacho, nacho, nacho. Empty your mind. Fill your soul. There is no do. Only try angular tortilla chips. Your nachos are ready. Remove them from the oven, cocooning them in your oven mitt-covered hands. And with that, we have done it. Bring yourself back into your own body and remind yourself that you are as strong as a fully loaded nacho that did not get soggy in the oven. Crunch, crunch. Dinner is ready. Oh, wow, Molly. I am feeling at peace. So very calm. Me too. That was surprisingly relaxing. Like, I want to try some yoga now or something and maybe make a plate of nachos. Well, while you do that, I'm going to finish this episode. Listeners, we've come to the end of Tortilla Chip Week, and what a week it was. That's right, Oliver. We learned all about body positivity, totopos, and the difference between crispy and crunchy. We'll be back next week to talk about another brand new ingredient. Uh, careful with that yoga pose, Mitzi. It looks a little 
complicated. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all... I'm all right. I'm all right. Again, the bones thing. No broken. It does hurt, though. (gasps) Wait a minute. Say that again, Oliver. Yes, I am okay. Oh, I can understand you again, Oliver. Oh, me too, buddy. Thank goodness. I am so relieved. Yeah, I love you, buddy. I am going to stay as far away from that shelf as possible from now on. The shelf giveth, the shelf taketh away. Right after we cleaned it up, of course. Oh, and end the episode. We gotta do that. That's right. Remember, at the end of this season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is? So far, we've talked about pepper, mayonnaise, sriracha, lettuce, and tortilla chips. You'll have to tune in next week to find out what our next ingredient will be. If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. It's a great way to support our show. Or you can give us a review. Until next time, keep keep on on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a Sour Patch Kid. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He's a peanut butter cup. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a lemon meringue pie. Andrea Vavjin is a Biscoff cookie, and Katie O'Hara is a chocolate brownie cookie, and they are both contributing writers on our show. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Anya Jeshik, strawberry shortcake, and Matt Boynton, an orange creamsicle, of Ultraviolet Audio. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a key lime pie. Our director of post-production is Ken Margolis. She's a cannoli. Our line producer is Diane Knox, who is a chocolate lava cake. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a lattice-top peach pie. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's chocolate avocado pudding. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, associate art director, Gabby Hamanoff, Senior Editor, Afton Cyrus. Associate Editors, Katie O'Hara and Tess Berger. Tess Cooks, Andrea Vavjin and Cassandra Laughlin. And Assistant Tess Cook, Kristen Bango. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Kevin Pang, and Brianna Maya. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger and Driscoll's. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. Oliver, I never found your special treats. Uh, I am not looking for them back on that shelf. They weren't there. I'm sure, Oliver. I'm super sure. Golly, maybe it would have been easier if I didn't hit my head again. Oh, I'm kidding. Come on, let's go find some other kind of treat for you. And some more ice for my head. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. 
If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win.